What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 15, and goddamn, dude, we are getting close to the start of the NHL season. Preseason hockey has started. I've watched a little bit of it. I don't really give one slight fuck about preseason because, for the most part, it's pointless. A lot of the guys that end up looking really good in preseason, it doesn't really matter in the most part. Some guy, A lot of those guys don't end up making it because a lot of the main... NHLers that have jobs aren't playing up to their full potential or whatever because it's fucking preseason. So I don't like to look too much into preseason. I like to check out some rookies and stuff like that just to kind of see. It's mostly a, a thing for bottom six forwards and rookies. So like it's not very interesting to me. I get it. It's very exciting for other people because it's it's getting to the, the start of the regular season. But I wouldn't take too much, uh, I don't know, too much information out of preseason other than injuries and whatnot um yeah players for the most part especially the nhlers the the ones that have a solidified job on their teams they're not going to be playing a hundred percent right now like austin matthews marner all those guys they're not going to be playing to their full potential because these games are meaningless to them and actually means nothing to them they already know they're they're on the team there's no risk that austin matthews is going to be uh sent down to the minors this year because he didn't he didn't play a hundred percent in the preseason game so not really too worried about that. Yeah, I checked out one of the games there on Saturday when they were playing against Ottawa, and they won 4-1. to one. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about some stuff. But anyway, let's get into the usual. Let's start out with the signings. And obviously, we're not going to be starting out with signings every single episode once the regular season kicks off, and, and it's ramping down very quickly with signings. There's only a couple. But there was one signing this week that really just fucking confused me, so we'll talk about it. But let's get into some of the smaller signings first. Adam Ruzica signs a two-year deal with the Calgary Flames. Uh, league minimum right there. Nikita Soshnikov, I remember you. you used to be a Leaf. Uh, he had a really nice shot on him, I remember. But a one-year deal with the New York Islanders for league minimum. He's 28 years old. Don't know if he's going to make the lineup, but we'll see. And then Corey Schneider, kind of forgot that this guy was still around. He's signing another one-year deal with the Islanders as well for league minimum. Don't know if we're ever actually going to see him play in the NHL this year, unless there's some injuries in the island, but they have their two goalies set up up there. But I don't know, it's always nice to have him around. He was always one of the more funny guys. I remember him, he was really good at doing... Um, what do you call it, impressions, and uh, he apparently had a really good Yannick Hansen, and uh, you should check out the video, it's it's really funny, but they're like, come on, Corey, give us uh, give us Yannick Hansen, he's like, a little bit of Yannick Hansen, and it's, it's it's good shit, man, he's he's really funny guy, I, I am a fan of Corey Schneider, I just kind of, I thought he retired already, but nope, he's still going, so yep, Ryan McLeod signs a one-year deal with the, with the Edmonton Oilers, league minimum, Got into 71 games last year. Got 21 points. Eh, bottom bottom six guy. He's only 23 years old, so yeah, that's fine. Okay, and then the last one that... This one made my eyebrows raise uh, quite a bit because, like, what the fuck? Uh, Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers signs a three-year deal. $13.5 million coming out to $4.5 million per season. Now, hold up now. Wait a minute. Are we sure about this? Why is he making so much money already? Why? Why? This is the mo one of the most expensive bridge deals for a goaltender I've ever seen. Like that is a, a, a alarming amount of money 
that the Florida Panthers are now spending on goaltending. I mean, $10 million per season on Bobrovsky and then another $4.5 million. They're spending $14 million on goaltending alone, and Bobrovsky has not lived up to that $10 million billing. And I can't, like, man, okay. Like, this is going into that maybe into that new era of what GMs are starting to do. Like, we're starting to see GMs starting to pay more for that potential of what a player is going to be instead of, uh, like, paying them nothing for what they're going to be and then paying them a whole bunch of money after their, their prime is over. And then, like, yeah, we'll just pay you $10 million until you're fucking 48 years old. I'm looking at you, Latang and, and fucking Malk and shit like that. But uh, Spencer Knight, 21 years old, $4.5 million. I don't know if this is right. That can't be right. That he got into 32 games last year and won 27 of them. Are we sure about that? That sounds extremely wrong to me. Hold on. Let's dig in here. Because, like, I, I didn't I didn't recall him playing that many games. But apparently, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. NHL last year, 2021-22 season. He got into, holy fuck. Uh, 32 games played. He started 27 of them. He won 19 games. So he was 19, 9, and 3 with a 2.79 goals against average and a save percentage of 908. So again, those aren't ex- those aren't eye-popping numbers. I don't know where they got that $4.5 million tag from. Like, honestly, I would have given this kid, uh, considering that I have a $10 million goalie, and I don't know how soon they're planning on getting rid of him because that's one of the just that's going to be a really hard contract to move and if they do move it they're going to have to rather give up assets to get rid of it or they're going to have to eat some of that and there's no way they're going to want to eat some of that salary because there's still so many more years on it so if they if they send Bobrovsky to the sun they send him to Montreal or something they send him off to Arizona they do something I don't even think any of those teams would want him because they're in tank mode right now they want Bedard they want good prospects so bringing in a 10 million dollar Bobrovsky is at least a starting goaltender I don't know how elite he is anymore but he's definitely still a starter yeah I don't know what the hell Florida is thinking with that amount of money their their goaltending tandem next year is going to be insane considering that they still have Bobrovsky it's a lot of people are saying that uh it's pretty clear to them that they're going to be moving Bobrovsky I'm just I'm just asking the question of how how the fuck are you going to move Bobrovsky like you're going to have to get like I said you're going to have to give up shit for that um, four and a half million dollars. You know, I, I like Spencer Knight. I would like him very much so to succeed. I just think the price tag at four and a half million dollars is just like, why now? Why are you paying him so much now? He does, does, does not have a long, a big enough track record in a 908 last season. Like, is that really worth four and a half million dollars? I don't know. That has got to be the high, the most, the, the highest paid backup goaltender in the league. But, uh, good luck with that, Florida. You can, uh, you can have that. Um, good for you, I guess. Okay. Yes. All right. So let's get into the injury news because there's a fucking ass ton of goddamn injuries. I'm going to try my best to breeze through as many of these as possible because there's got to be at least like 780,000 injuries to everybody right now. Everyone's hurt. Anaheim Ducks, you got Max Jones day-to-day, John Moore injury reserved. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Jacob Chikorin is day-to-day. Uh, he's still dealing with an injury ankle, and apparently he's also requested a trade from Arizona. I don't think that's really all that alarming. Clayton Keller is out. Boston Bruins, a lot of these are already well known, but Matt Grizzlick, Brad Marchand, and Charlie McAvoy will not be starting the season with the Bruins this year. Uh, 
they're all in a range of like two to to six weeks maybe they're going to be missing of the season so like I said that's that's the reason why I have the Bruins missing the playoffs this year because those are three key pieces to that team Brad Marchand is is the offensive juggernaut on that che- on that team Charlie McAvoy is their best defenseman on the team and Matt Grizzlick is a top four defenseman for them so Missing those three guys all at the beginning of the season when a lot of teams are going to be very, very hungry. They're going to have to try very hard to, uh, yeah, come out of the gate very strong. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, nothing important. Calgary Flames, Oliver Shillington is day-to-day. Not too worried about that. He should be ready to go for the start of the season. Carolina Hurricanes, we know that Max Pacioschetti is going to be fucking not there for pretty much the whole season. So let's just pretend that the Carolina Hurricanes never acquired him. Chicago Blackhawks, they got Jake McCabe on injured reserve. That's all that really matters there. Colorado Avalanche recently, Gabriel Landeskog is injured, and he's going to be missing the beginning couple weeks, I believe, of the season. So that's a little bit of a, of a stinker. And um, But, you know, they're the Avalanche, the reigning uh, Stanley Cup champions. I think they'll be fine for a few weeks without their captain. Columbus Blue Jackets, Jonas Corposalo is out, Boone Jenner is day-to-day, Cole Sillinger is also day-to-day, and Alexander Texier is out. Detroit Red Wings are fucking hurting right now, Jacob Verana, Robert Hag, Joe Valeno, Tyler Bertuzzi all day-to-day right now, Jake Walman, Jake Walman is out, and he is slotted to return mid-November, and Robbie Fabry, a guy that they picked up from St. Louis like two years ago. I've been waiting for him to pop off in Detroit. It looked really good, but he just can't stay healthy. And he will not be ready to play until next year. He's not going to miss the whole season by next year. I mean, like January 2023, he's slotted to come back somewhere in that time. Edmonton Oilers, Slater Cuckoo. And yeah, that's pretty much the only one that I think is a roster player. Uh, Slater Cuckoo is on injured reserve. Florida Panthers, Anthony Duclair still going to be missing uh, a chunk of the season. Los Angeles Kings, you got Cal Peterson. He is day-to-day. Yeah, just day-to-day. Alex Turcotte, also day-to-day. Sean Dersey and Victor Arvison, also day-to-day. Which is a shame because those are all like... Play, like Sean Dersey and Alex Turcotte, Alex Turcotte for sure. We they I think they would have really liked to see in the um, in the preseason, but they, uh, that's too bad. Uh, Minnesota Wild, John Merrill and Jordan Greenway are both on injured reserve. Montreal Canadiens dealing with oh my good lord, so many injuries. Josh Anderson, Madison Bowie, Jake Evans, Sam Montembeau all day today. Nick Suzuki is out. Uh, says he'll be out for about a week or so, so he should be good to go for the beginning of the season. Sean Monahan is dealing with a hip injury, and he's uh, not participating in uh, the preseason. I am not sure if he's going to be ready for the season's uh, opener, but it doesn't say he's not going to be, so good chance he's ready to go for the beginning. Joel Edmondson is also on injured reserve, and Paul Byron is out. Um... He appears to be, he should be good to go for maybe two weeks or so into the regular season. So he's going to be missing the first couple weeks. And Jonathan True and also should be ready for game action uh, shortly after opening night. So he shouldn't miss too much time. He's been uh, struggling with injury for a long time. And yeah, the Habs are down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys right now. Not a big deal. Nashville Predators, UC Soros is day-to-day. More than likely, he will be ready to go for the beginning of the season. 
New Jersey Devils, Nico Hiche is day-to-day. Uh, he's going to go over some tests, and we'll see if he... I don't think he'll be playing much in preseason, but he should be ready to go for the opener. Jonathan Bernier is on injured reserve. Uh, apparently, he might be ready to go for the beginning of the season as well. New York Rangers, Barclay Goudreau won't practice on Saturday, but he did skate on his own, so he should be back on the ice fairly soon. Oh, boy, here's another team dealing with a whole bunch. Philadelphia got caught a hot dealing with a lower body injury. Uh, he's been on and off the ice, so he should be back fairly soon. Uh, fucking Sean Couturier, sadly, is on the injured reserve. He is dealing with a back injury. Uh, he should be out. He'll be out for about a month or so, maybe four to six weeks. So that's another huge blow for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, let's see. Oh, well, we know this one. Ryan Ellis, sadly, is going to be missing the whole season again. That is an absolute... Another massive blow to the Philadelphia Flyers. Ryan Ellis was brought over from Nashville two seasons ago. He played three games or so with the Philadelphia Flyers. Looked great in those three games. And then he was out for the whole season. And apparently he's going to be done for this whole season as well. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks and concern coming up right now for the career of Ryan Ellis. People are starting to speculate that he might be done because of the severity of his injuries. Uh, apparently he's dealing with a quite severe back injury. And yeah, the fact that he's missing the whole season, yeah, it's it's pretty bad and a real shame because it kind of finally seemed that Ryan Ellis was, you know, maybe going to get more of a spotlight there in Philadelphia than he did in Nashville. He's always been kind of the back burner defenseman. There's always been another defenseman kind of in front of him, outshining him, you know, Roman Yossi, Shea Weber. It's just been a thing with the Nashville Predators for so long now. It's just been a absolute defenseman factory over there. There's always just really good defensemen there, and there's usually one or two that are getting um, not as much of a look, and now in Nashville it's Ekholm. I mean, that guy is a, is a little stud over there, and now he's like the underrated one, but fuck, man. Absolutely devastating to hear that Ryan Ellis is going to be missing another full season. That fucking sucks. Uh, more injuries with the Philadelphia Flyers. You got our team, Anisimov. I didn't even know he was still in the league, but okay. He is day-to-day. Cam Atkinson is day-to-day. Uh, he should be fine to go for the beginning of the season. Joel Farabee is out. Uh, he may not be ready for the opener of the season. And uh, two guys I don't know, Bobby Brink and Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, you tell me, Philadelphia Flyers fans, is, is that are those guys on your team? I don't even know who the fuck they are. Pittsburgh Penguins shockingly only have one injury right now, and that's a guy I don't I don't think he's going to be playing. San Jose Sharks looking okay. They only got one guy. I don't know who he is. Seattle Kraken have Chris Dreger on injured reserve. He, I don't think he's going to be playing much at all this season, or if he is going to be playing, I don't think he is. St. Louis Blues, you got Scott Perunovich day-to-day right now. Um remainder of the Tuesday's game dude okay he'll be out for a little bit not too too long and Marco Scandella is on injured reserve I'm not sure if he's actually going to be on the team or not Tampa Bay Lightning Anthony Sorelli is still on injured reserve uh, he's been apparently on the ice at practices and training camp so that's good hopefully he'll be ready to go for the beginning of the season Tampa Bay is gonna really want that player in their lineup he's a very effective shutdown center for them Zach Bogo Bogosian is also on injured reserve. Uh, he was also on the ice at training camp in a non-contact jersey, so he's still got a little bit to go until he's ready to be back on the ice. 
Braden Point. Uh, he is day-to-day. -day. Me, personally, I hope he is ready to go for the beginning of the season because I drafted him in my fantasy draft. So, Braden Point, hopefully you get, get your ass back on the ice, boy. Oh boy, my Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh yeah, we're dealing with the, the usual injuries to kind of the usual suspects here. Sadly, John Tavares just got injured uh, the other day. Tavares will miss a minimum of three weeks with an oblique strain. That fucking sucks. So we are going to be down our captain for the beginning of the season. That fucking sucks because, you know, John came into this training camp uh, looking great. He looked in great shape. He seemed to be ready to go fucking yeah and then boom he gets hurt so that fucking sucks you know sometimes i wish they would just you know maybe not play these guys all that much in preseason because then shit like this fucking happens so yeah down our captain for the beginning of the season pierre engval is also on injured reserve i didn't see what happened to him so hopefully he's fucking all right Timothy Lilligren is, uh, he just recently underwent hernia surgery. I wish, where the fuck, how come I can't get my fucking hernia surgery, asshole? God damn it, how come he got to jump the line? Is it because he's fucking a professional athlete? I was in line first, Lilligren, and he probably went to the same freaking hospital that I'm supposed to go to in Toronto, because apparently they're really good at fixing hernias. But, yeah, sadly, Lilligren will be sidelined for six weeks, which fucking sucks. Uh, it could be less, but it could also be more because hernia injuries are a little bit unpredictable. They can uh, flare back up or, or whatnot. So hopefully Lilligren will be back soon because this is a very big, important year for him. Really need him to take that next step. It looked like he took a, a good step last year uh, getting paired up with Mark Giordano. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Please take another step this year, Lilligren. We really, really need that. And, of course, that just adds in more fuel to the fire to the Sandine conversation now. Like, are we going to get this kid signed or not? Because now I think we need him more than ever. Because Lilligren's not the only defenseman that we are down right now. Jake Muzzin is also day-to-day. -day. He is slated to return to practice on Wednesday, which was, which is today. So that's cool. Hopefully, just I think it's mostly a precautionary thing. I think it was just general soreness. It's no actual injury. But right now, Muzzin is like basically a, a glass house right now. It seems like if you just, I don't know, look at him wrong, he's going to like, he's just going to snap something and be hurt. So Jake Muzzin is uh, extremely sensitive right now to injuries. So we're just taking extra precautions, I feel, with him. And rightfully so, because, man, we need Jake Muzzin healthy in this lineup this year more than ever. And especially once we get into the playoffs, we are desperately in need of Jake Muzzin being healthy for the playoffs he's one of the most one of the more affected defensemen we have especially when it comes to playoff time he's won a cup before he's very physical in the playoffs but that also leads to the injury problems so please Jake Muzzin I love you very much and your big fancy awesome beard I just want you to be healthy my man Adam Gaudet is also dealing with a shoulder injury he is day-to-day uh, Rodion Amirov is day-to-day. -day. Obviously, he's been dealing with his uh, cancer situation. Um, it says he's day-to-day. -day. There's no other news other than that. I just hope he's doing much better than he was. Joseph Wall is also day-to-day. -day. Vegas Golden Knights, you got Robin Leonard. He will be out for the whole entirety of the season, which is a massive blow to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they, they got the coach now that is a little bit more defensively responsible and and uh, can get a pretty good performance out of their goaltenders. So we'll, I'm very excited to see, or I don't know, not not really excited, but curious to see what the Vegas Golden Knights are going to do this year. I think the pressure is turned up quite a bit 
on the Vegas Golden Knights right now because, um, yeah, last season was a big blow. They brought in Jack Eichel, and it didn't seem to work very good. So, yeah, lots of magnifying glasses and, and micro, microscopes and whatnot. Um lasered in onto the Vegas Golden Knights right now. They are also going to be missing out on Nolan Patrick this whole season as well, and that is just devastating news. Young player was drafted second overall just two or three seasons ago by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, just can't stay healthy and and no he's not a bust it's just the fact that he couldn't stay healthy he's a very talented would be a, a good player in the nhl right now if he, could, he just can't stay healthy he's had tons of problems concussion issues he had like a fucking face infection or some shit poor kid just can't catch a break and i feel really terribly for him i i hope at some point he can get his nhl career back on track because i never want to see someone who's selected second overall to to not have an NHL career I always I'm always excited to see young new players and Nolan Patrick man like I don't know he always got good in the NHL games so like yeah I want to see him do good Washington Capitals dealing with a handful of injuries themselves they got Tom Wilson Nicholas Backstrom and Carl Hagelin all on injured reserve right now uh, Hagelin missed Thursday skate uh, apparently with an eye injury I'm not really sure uh, Nicholas Backstrom expected to miss quite a bit of time into the season. And Tom Wilson, I don't actually know what's going on with that poor fella. I don't know why I said poor fella, but maybe it's just because I've, I've had him on my fantasy teams and I've become a fan of him. And honestly, he has calmed down uh, quite a bit, especially last season. And, and in particular, he calmed the fuck down with being like, you know, one of those... Uh, I don't know, aggressive, just kind of an asshole, I guess, in the league. He's definitely chilled out over since last season. We'll see if he can keep that up. Winnipeg Jets, Jets they have Brad Lambert and Morgan Barron. They're both day-to-day, -day, and holy shit, we made it through all of those injuries. Mercy, mercy, so many injuries, and yeah, that is just going to be an ongoing thing throughout the whole year. Injuries are, con are constant, and yeah, there is an abundance of them right now. Some teams out there dealing with a lot more, like Montreal, Philadelphia, Toronto are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, so yeah. Okay, so let's see what other kind of... So let's get into some of the training camp news coming out of Leafs camp. So um, one of the big stories coming out of this week is that uh, Kyle Dubas will not be offered an extension um, as of right now. Now, obviously, that can change if we have a nice playoff run, get to the second round. I think his job would be safe if he gets eliminated in the first round yet again. Now there's going to start being some concern for his job here in Toronto. And I, I don't know how I feel about Dubas not getting extended. I think that's more than likely a mistake. Um, it's been reported that uh, pretty much uh, this, if Dubas gets let go, he will have a job instantly with a, a lot of other teams are very, very interested in Kyle Dubas. He's a very one of the most intelligent minds in the hockey game right now. He's extremely intelligent. Um Sadly, things haven't quite gone out his way. And yeah, some things, uh, he kind of got pushed around at the beginning of his GM tenure there with all the big stars holding out for money and then Dubas kind of caving and just giving them what they wanted. Now, I wish he played a little bit more hardball, hardball with Marner and William Nylander, I think, is fine. William's contract is fine. Uh, it's just a shame that he held out like a big old baby, but 
kind of expected. His father did it a ton when he was in the NHL. So like father, like son, it was expected. It's just a shame because that was just a shitty season for Willie. It was a pretty shitty season all around. Like just brought the morale, the whole morale down around the whole team that, you know, we got a major player, top six player that won't sign. And then Marner, his whole fucking fiasco that just, oh my God, I don't even want to try and remember how just god awful that was his freaking marner's dad getting involved and oh my god my my levels of marner was literally before that contract dispute and all that bullshit went down he was probably my favorite player in the league he, he might have been i absolutely adored marner but then all that crap went down and he started acting like a bitch and you know he would see basically all the things that he said during his his ELC days, like, oh, I'm so happy and all that shit. And that basically all was just a lie, in my opinion, because, like, the way that he acted throughout the offseason that year was just extremely immature, in my opinion, and so on and so forth. But Dubas, man, he's done a fantastic job drafting. He's an excellent drafter. I think he's done a great job finding value picks in the first round. We'll see how these other prospects start to... Um, come along like the two Finnish prospects that we have they look like they are just about maybe on the cusp of NHL ready who knows maybe we even get to see them a little bit this year if we if we deal with more injuries I'm, I'm excited for the two Finnish prospects that we have uh, Rodion Amirov looked like an absolute steal in the draft that we got him in uh, obviously no one knew that he was going to get cancer or anything like that but his career isn't over so not worried about that uh, he's really good at finding value players for cheap, like Michael Bunting. I think he's pretty good at making trades for the most part. Yeah, the Nick Felino one was an absolute fucking disaster. But I think that Columbus freaking Blue Jackets GM is a total freaking shyster. I think he knew that Felino was damaged goods and he sold us damaged goods. And I'm really fucking pissed off at the way that that Nick Felino trade went down. Not Felino's fault. Like, I watched the... What do you call it? The... Um, that Amazon Prime series and watching Felino like collapse to the floor because his back was he was in so much pain with his back like really really like oh I just didn't want to see that I felt so terrible for him like obviously Felino didn't come in here come to Toronto to fuck us over he wanted to play for Toronto really bad his father did he was a he was a very well-known Maple Leaf back in the day and yeah it was an honor for him to to wear the the blue and white you know what I'm saying but um yeah sadly that one didn't work out and in that documentary it really looked like Dubas got taken to the fucking cleaners on that deal and like Shanahan didn't look impressed but speaking of Shanahan like is it is it maybe Shanahan should they start looking more at Shanahan because you know he's the one that's been in charge with the Shanna plan for so long and like I think the results speak more onto him because isn't he the one he's the president or whatever right so like maybe he should be also looked at I have I Brendan Shanahan's like oh my god I, I, I adore Brendan Shanahan don't get me wrong I'm just saying like if you're going to be pointing the fingers, you've been here longer than any of them. So, you know, you were here for Babcock, you're here for Lou. So maybe we need a little bit more internalization to examine uh, the Shanna plan maybe a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Like, hey, if you're going to be pointing the fingers, Brendan, then you maybe need to look internally at yourself every now and again. Because I don't hear anybody talking about Brendan Shanahan. Like, I don't know. Does he, I feel like he has more, he has just as much power as Dubas. He's always there with him hovering over Dubas. So... That's my opinion. Uh, I have no idea who the Leafs would want to bring in after Kyle Dubas. I, I, I don't think it would be a very good idea to move off of Kyle Dubas. I don't believe he is the problem here. 
Um, a lot of it is just mental, man. A lot of it is mental. The team is, uh, it's, we're a very, very good team. It's just that we got a lot of mental hurdles that they have to get over. And I think the maturity of the team continues to advance. And it's only a matter of time before we break through that first round. And then who fucking knows what happens after that. Once that demon is squashed, who fucking knows what can happen. And that's all I'm waiting on, man. If they can just get through that first round, who knows? Maybe it ha- Maybe the same thing happens that, that happened to the Florida Panthers. Like, they got through their first round finally, and then they fucking blew it in the second round. They looked terrible. So that could easily happen to the Leafs. They finally get through the first round, and then they're like, oh, yay, yay, we finally did. Then they get, like, too amped up about just getting through the first round. You forget the fact that there's still three more whole fucking rounds you got to get through, and then they get blasted in the second round by by a team that they should have beaten or something. But not what I'm hoping for. That is worst-case Ontario if the Leafs have another fucking... Leaf season where we have a, a fine regular season and then we blow it in the playoffs and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's just what has been coming out of training camp. Dubas is not worried about it at all. He's uh, he's very professional about all these things that have come out. He said, yeah, just focused on this season. We're going to do everything that we can. So me personally, I'm a fan of Dubas. Maybe we should take a, another peek at the Shanna plan. What do you guys think? Do you think it would be a good idea even if the Leafs, if the Leafs do have a bad season like, well, a bad season for us would be getting eliminated in the first round again. If we got eliminated in the first round again, do you think it would be the right move to move on from Dubas, or do you think we should stay with Dubas? Because I think he hasn't been here long enough, in, in my opinion, to really, you know, have built the team that he wanted. And, you know, he got screwed over with COVID, and the salary cap fucked him over. Um, I would say it should, I, I would at least go until the salary cap bumps up a little bit, give him a little bit more time, because I think he's done a good job here so far. That's just my opinion. The only thing I would have hoped for back in the day is that we could have used, I think it would have been nice to have Lou and Dubas like work together that year instead of just getting rid of Lou and moving Dubas up. But, you know, hindsight is is easy to talk about when, you know, we, we know the future now, but it is what it is. So Kyle Dubas, I'm hoping that he'll be able to give us a good year and you can stay around and we can give you a nice juicy extension. Okay, and then the game that I did watch against the Sens, I was talking to my buddy Billy, and I was you know, I was bitching about Cali Yarncroak and how I didn't like how much how much term he got, and like I don't know, and and my buddy was just like, oh, he's one of the most consistent players. He always scores twelve goals, twelve goals, fourteen goals. I'm like, yeah, but like, how is that really like twelve goals? Is that we're gonna put that much? But then he shuts me up in the preseason game. He almost scores a fucking hat trick. So. Who knows? Yali Yarncroke could very well make it into that that second line left wing spot that is uh, wide open for anybody's taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. There's a ton of guys that are eligible and looking to grab that spot. But Yarncroke so far, he looked impressive in um, in his first game there against the Sens. Now, granted, it was the Sens team. I, I think it wasn't a very good looking Sens team that night. Um, but yeah, he looked pretty decent, and I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna be what. Yarn Croak, I hope he shuts me up. I, I absolutely would be totally happy if you shut me up. You score 20 this year. You have like a career year. That would be fucking phenomenal. Uh, also, out of the Leafs, Malgin was looking uh, good playing on a line with William Nylander and John Tavares in the game earlier that day. Uh, he was looking pretty good. Apparently, he's been impressing uh, the, the 
what do you call it, the brass, the brass. So he's looking pretty good. A lot of people were down on him because, yeah, he was part of the the Marchment trade. We we got we got Malgan, and then we sent off Marchment to Florida. He ended up being an absolute fucking stud for them, and now he's off to Dallas, signed a pretty big ticket. So regardless, even if we had Marchment. Um, and he did actually pop out the way that he did in Florida, he would have been gone by now too because there's no way we would have been able to afford him. So it is what it is. At least we still have Malgan. So there's that. So yeah, like I'm saying, who's going to take that second line left wing spot this season on the Toronto Maple Leafs? I would love to hear your guys' opinion on that. Me, in, in a perfect world, I would love Nick Robertson to, to fucking claim that spot and and, sh- and just fucking hold on to that because that would be amazing. I mean, we drafted this kid. Uh, he was a, a, an incredible goal scorer in the, what is it, the OHL? I think he was playing for the Peets. He scored like 50 goals or some shit, which is, you know, I know it's the minors, but still the fact that he put up 50 is still very, very impressive. Um, he looks like he could be a good goal scorer, maybe not the best skater, but um, yeah, he just needs to stay healthy if we could just get a fucking healthy season out of him. And if he needs a whole another season down in the minors, then maybe I think it's time to maybe consider trade bait for him. You know, I, I know the Patrick Kane rumors are out there and I was talking to my buddy and, and, and some other people about, you know, what, what would a potential trade for Patrick Kane look like to the Toronto Maple Leafs? I know it's pretty laughable, but it could be done. It very well could be. It, it would probably take a three-team deal for that to take place. And uh, the price for, for that would not be cheap at all. It would not be anywhere near cheap. It would cost a first, probably a couple prospects, and like a roster player more than likely just to get one year of Patrick Kane. It's going to be a hefty, hefty price. And me personally, and just say, for, for the sake of it, if, if Robertson didn't crack the lineup this year, then I would maybe consider moving him. And if we were able to bring back Patrick Kane and and Robertson was in that deal, I think I would be okay with it. But that's just what I'm saying. Uh, personally, I would love to see uh, um, Nick Robertson get into that second line. Do I think he's going to be able to do it? Mm, more than likely not. It doesn't. I don't hear a lot of great stuff um, so far about him. He didn't. He was didn't really. Uh, show up too often in the game that I watched. Now, granted, I was I wasn't exactly sitting there and watching it intently. I was playing some darts and we we're getting ready for our draft and whatnot. But I was watching it and my buddy was making sure that he rubbed in that oh, Yarn Krog's got two goals already, and I'm like, oh my god, this is just how it goes. But yeah, I would say it's probably up between. I mean, it looks like Kerfoot's more than likely going to take that second line center spot over John Tavares until he's back. So it would more than likely it's going to be Yarn Croak over there, or yeah, I can't really see who else is going to take that. Uh, I hope it's Robertson though. Marner also has added a considerable amount of weight, the good kind of weight. Apparently, he's added on, packed on quite a bit of muscle this season. Uh, according to the numbers, uh, he weighed 172 pounds this last year, and now he's up to 181. So, yo, that's pretty impressive considering when this kid got drafted, he might have been 145 pounds soaking wet, and now he's added, uh, he's up to 180. So, I would say he's he's a bona fide NHL frame on him by now. He's not that little tiny. Um, nothing anymore and I'm not absolutely terrified every time he's out there on the ice with big defensemen and I feel like he's going to get his head taken off so far I've only seen him get like bashed in one good time my wife was there and of course she was fucking oh oh look at she hates Marner so fucking much dude it's absolutely insane the amount of hatred she has for Marner so she's always very very excited to see him get lit up but so far that's only happened one time that I can remember and, and he got right back up he was fine he was okay but um 
yeah, adding on that weight, I think is going to be very good for him. Hopefully he's going to be a little bit more physical. Hopefully that's another part of the game that he's going to start uh, increasing on just because, you know, you have to do it in the playoffs. It doesn't matter who you are. You need to hit people in the playoffs. No, I don't want Marner going out there throwing 150, 200 hits in a season, in the regular season, but I want him to throw his weight around in the playoffs because you have to, man, even if it's not going to do all that much, it's just wear them down. Keep throwing your body in there. And with that extra nine pounds of muscle or whatever, I, I think that he's going to be even more effective this year. I think it's. I think he's going to be hitting over a hundred this year for sure. If he stays healthy, everything goes well. I think easily a hundred points for Marner this year. I think that can be done. Considering he got really close last year and he had a really shitty start, so yeah, I'm not. I'm expecting him to come flying out of the gates this year. Uh, we already talked about Muzzin. He's still dealing with the back pain, but I also I just think it's a overly precaution because just don't. Why are we even bothering with Muzzin in the preseason? Like, forget it. Like, don't even bother, man. Uh, so we still don't have any news on Sandine. I'm still waiting for him to get signed. Apparently the Leafs wanted to sign him to a 1.4 matching deal with Lilligren. Sandine does not seem to be interested, but uh, as the days get closer and closer to the beginning of the season, um, yeah, I think it's hopefully becoming more clear of how important the season is for Sandine. And now that Lilligren's going to be out, there's a spot waiting for him in the lineup. So he can definitely get into the lineup if uh, we just need to get him signed. And apparently he's over in Sweden right now skating. So at least he's doing something with himself and not just sitting around playing video games. But um, yeah, I want Sandine in training camp as soon as possible. So Toronto, please, let's get this fucking deal done. And Sandine, just say yes to whatever the fuck we, we want to give you. Okay, do you want to play or not? And if you're not going to play, then he's more than likely getting traded for Patrick Kane. So see you later. <laughs> I'll take it. Let's do a fucking Nick Robertson, Rasmus Sandin, a first, a second, and boom, you get Patrick Kane. Okay, now no more Leaf talk. Let's look into the Calgary Flames. Huberto is looking good as a Flame so far. He's putting up the points. He's looking good. Fans are into him, so that's great news to hear. I wouldn't expect anything less, but again, it is preseason, so don't get your hopes up. You know, that's, if he's if he's, he's not going to score 17 goals in the first three weeks, but maybe he does. And speaking of Calgary Flames, I know this is a little bit uh, a little bit salty, but Johnny Goudreau. I know he had three assists in his debut for Columbus, but I don't think I think. Hey, are we good? are we good with Johnny Goudreau, Calgary Flames fans? I I think he was, you know, very polite and and he responded. He he told you why he he wanted to leave. I th- I'm cool. Uh, I'm fine with the way that Johnny Goudreau left. Now Maddie Kachuk, that's a different story. He was kind of like fuck that. Me too. I'm out of here. See you later. But um, I think um once the season starts, I think we're gonna get over that. Uh, Calgary Flames fans, you tell me. Um, according to my buddy, he's still pretty salty, and apparently the salt is still quite fresh over there in Calgary about Matty Kachuk. Totally understand, totally understand that. That's totally fine. I just think, you know, the fact that you got Hirado, Mackenzie Weger, and all that stuff, I think that, that takes away the sting quite a bit. Uh, but also for the Calgary Flames, Sonny Milano apparently is impressing at Calgary Flames camp so far, so that's good news. He was signed to a PTO uh, not too long ago, I think it's safe to say that he, he very well might get a contract here out of Calgary. Now I don't know where exactly he's going to fit into that lineup. Maybe he fits in there into the into that third line, bottom six role. But I don't know, man. Sonny Milano uh, last year was Zegras was kind of the only time I saw him look pretty darn good. But um, 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you get him to a nice, cheap deal and you get Sonny Milano on the team, I don't think Flames fans or the Flames are going to be upset about that whatsoever. Oh, and also speaking of the Flames, I got myself a Calgary Flames jersey for this season. And my first Flames jersey, I'm very, very excited. It showed up last week, so I am ready to go. I'm planning on watching a lot more Calgary Flames games this year. Um... Yes, so yeah, I'm excited. I finally I got the a nice the whatever the red, yellow, and white one. I'm um, I've been dying to get a Flames jersey for a long time, so the time was finally right. Got one on sale. Uh, I would still love to. There's still one Flames jersey I want really, really badly. Uh, I want an Aginla jersey more than anything. He's one of my favorite players of all time, top five for sure. I love Jerome Aginla, and I would love. Love if I can get a Blasty jersey with a Ginla on it because I like the Blasty jersey. I know you Flames fans aren't exactly the biggest on it. Or maybe you are now because it's coming back in the reverse retro or whatever. But I always liked it. But honestly, I always thought that thing was a dragon. I remember it back when I got NHL 03 with Jerome Ginla on the cover. And I believe he's wearing the Blasty jersey. Correct me if I'm wrong. I always thought it was a dragon. Apparently, it's a horse. Why is there smoke coming out of his nose like that? That's very dragony to me. But anyway, that's uh, yeah. So Calgary Flames fan, what's up? I'm I'm officially uh, diving in. I I think is it official? Can I call myself a Flames fan because now I have a jersey? They're not my favorite team. The Leafs are still my favorite team, but the Flames are definitely my favorite team out in the West. I like to have one East and one West team because you know. Okay, so that's cool. Uh, some news out of the Canucks, uh, Vancouver Canucks camp. Hoglander is impressing in camp so far, and he's a pretty interesting player. He's looking for a top six role. He's fighting for it, but um, a lot of a lot of Canucks fans out there feel that he is good enough to play in the top six, and I, I, I tend to agree with them. I think he's a pretty darn good little player. He's young. He's feisty. He can score, but um, yeah, I think he just needs a little bit more ice time to fully realize that potential of what he is. Just sadly, the Canucks are doing pretty well at center right now. Uh, they have JT Miller and they have, wait, is JT Miller a center? I have no idea, but they do have Pedersen and he's a center, right? But yeah, uh, Hoglander apparently so far has been looking good in training camp. So that's cool news. I, I'm a fan of Hoglander. I think he's good. Uh, some news coming out of uh, Ottawa Senators camp. Jake Sanderson is looking like he is the real deal. He looks like he is a bona fide NHL defenseman. He should be uh, in the lineup this year doing, doing the thing for the Ottawa Senators. And that is the big question mark for the Ottawa Senators this year is is that defensive core going to be good enough to uh, get them into the playoff spot it doesn't look very strong they didn't add very much to it in the offseason but they definitely loaded up on the offense which is great uh, they did add in cam talbot who is a pretty darn good goalie uh, is he going to be as good of a goalie playing in front of the senators defense as he was in playing in front of the minnesota defense i'd say it's safe to say that the minnesota defense is is considerably better than the senators defense but but, hey, if Jake Sanderson really takes that takes that big, big step and is actually playing a bona fide top four role and playing very effectively, that would be huge for the Sens. And yeah, I would totally just I just want to see the Battle of Ontario be be awesome again. So yeah, let's have the Sens being competitive. But um, yeah, hopefully the Leafs still kick the shit out of you guys all the time. Speaking of defensemen and the Sens, uh, the Sens reportedly are still chasing after Jacob Chikrin out of the Arizona Coyotes. They've been chasing him uh, since last season, but um, 
apparently, according to the GM, uh, they say Shane Pinto will not be, he is not available to be traded. He will not be part of that deal. If, uh, if they do acquire Chikrin, apparently Shane Pinto is a no-no. We ain't, we ain't getting rid of that guy. They seem to really like him. He is a young center prospect for them. So I don't know, man, they seem to have a lot of forwards. So I, if you, if you want to bring in a defenseman, I think it'd be, uh, a forward is going to be, have to, have to be something that, you know, you have to give up something pretty tasty to get Chikrin out of. Arizona. Not only is a good is he a good little defenseman, he's on a great little contract as well. So he's got double. He's got really good value. I just think that honestly, the Arizona Coyotes would be crazy to trade him. Um, like, how many more fucking draft picks can they even get? Like, oh my goodness, you're gonna have to have some fucking players over there. And I just don't think it makes any sense to trade Chikrin because he's young enough to be part of the rebuild could probably be the captain of that team going onwards. But eh, I don't know. I'm not a fucking GM. So yeah. And then on top of that, the annual Matt Dumba trade rumors have begun. It seems like every single year Matt Dumba is is on the trade block or getting traded to someone. It is yet to happen. He's been a Minnesota Wild uh, player for his whole career, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you will. Um, but yeah, apparently the trade rumors are starting up with him again. I've always been a big Matt Dumba fan because I remember watching him in the World Juniors and he would absolutely double D on people. His hits were fucking awesome. I wanted the Leafs to draft him very, very badly. Uh, Never came to fruition and he is not a Maple Leaf, but who knows? Maybe the Leafs trade for him. There's no fucking way, but um, yeah, apparently Matt Dumba is on the trade block, but he doesn't seem to give one shit because why should he? He's apparently been on the trade block for like three years now and it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, if I were him, I wouldn't be too worried about it either. But hey, if you guys think Matt Dumba is going to get traded, what do you what do you think a trade for Matt Dumba looks like? Like he's a solid defenseman, right? Like he's he's good. He's not like bad or anything. I think it's just maybe the contract is is well, you know, Minnesota is hurting bad bad on the salary cap right now because of fucking Parisi and freaking Suter. That's absolutely killing them right now. They should more than likely be bonafide Stanley Cup contenders if they didn't have $12 million of dead cap on their freaking books. But yeah, that sucks. Okay, and then last but not least, the Bob McKenzie draft rankings. The summer rankings for 2023 draft have been released. So number one right now is Connor Bedard, obviously. He is the young phenom uh, that is going to be more than likely without a shadow of the doubt. He's going to be taken first overall by whomever. And then at number two, he has Mishkov. Number three, you have Fantilli. And then number four, he has Jaeger. So obvi- I really like that Jaeger kid. Uh, word on the block is that Fantilli is uh, the contender who could very well take over that second spot for Mishkov. But as it is right now for the last like year and a half, that's exactly how the draft rankings have, be, have been. Bedard, Mishkov, Fantelli, Jaeger. Um, all four of these players are supposed to be absolutely ridiculous. It's going to be a very good deep draft this year. Connor Bedard is supposed to be the next the next one. You know, of a huge, huge... Um, apparently, he's going to be a franchise uh, talent. He's going to be a game changer for whoever gets him. So, um, yep, so far, he is still number one. And me, personally, I don't think he's going to be moving an inch off of that number one spot. All right, and now it's time for the 2022-2023 season bold prediction time baby this is one of my favorite articles to read at the beginning of every season is the bold prediction time sadly the nhl does not have theirs out just yet but i found one on hockeywriters.com so let's go through 
There are 32 predictions, one for each team. So this is always a ton of fun. Uh, I love doing these because at least one or two or more of them make me go, what? So hopefully a few of these make you go, what? Ugh, okay, let's get into it. Anaheim Ducks. Bold prediction for you. They say Jamie Drysdale will lead all Anaheim Ducks defenders in scoring with 51 points in his second NHL season. Um, no, that is not going to happen. In my opinion, I don't think he's going to hit 51 points. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the time over there. And I don't think the offense is going to be there for the Anaheim Ducks this season. I think they're going to struggle mightily to score goals over there. So I'm going to go with a no for Jamie Drysdale to score 51 points. He'll score 50. Boom. How do you like that? I hope he does pop off though this year. Cause uh, I want, I, I don't know. I just, Again, I just like watching young kids get good because that's that's awesome. I think that's cool. Okay, Arizona Coyotes. Jake Rich, Jacob Chikrin has a hot start to the season and is traded before the new year begins on January 1st. And I think, oh, I don't think they said who they thought he was going to go to. No. Okay, well, I don't think that's a very bold prediction, but um, yeah, they think that Jacob Chikrin is going to have, I think, well, I think maybe the, the bold prediction is that he's going to have a hot start. So no, I don't think he's going to have a hot start, but yes, I do believe that he will be traded because the Arizona Coyotes are crazy and they're just trading off anything and everyone. So I, I don't think they got it done last year, but they will get it done this year. Yes, Jacob Chikrin will be traded. And where do I think he will end up? Hmm... Hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, I was going to say Calgary, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, who the fuck was interested in him? It's the Sens. Okay, fine. I could see him going to the Sens. That makes a lot of sense to me. Boston Bruins, Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman win the William M. Jennings Trophy as goalies who have played at least 25 games for the team that allowed the least goals against in the NHL. Uh, because I don't like the Bruins? No, that's not going to happen. But I do think that Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman are one of the better tandems in the NHL right now. No, they're not going to win it. And no, I'm not going to tell you who I think is going to win it because I can't think of a of a tandem right now that uh what wouldn't that be amazing if sam sonoff and matt murray won it wouldn't that be fucking something that'd be amazing buffalo sabers will finally end their 11-year playoff drought the longest playoff drought in nhl history um no no they will not be making the playoffs this year no fucking way no fucking how uh, they have no goaltending. They don't have any very many people that can score. Their defense doesn't look very good. Doesn't matter how good Owen Power is going to be this if he's playing this season. And Darlene has been kind of Darlene for the last. No, they will definitely be much more competitive. I think they're going to be improved over last season. Playoffs, you're crazy. No way, not happening. What do you guys think? You think Buffalo is going to make it in, dude? You know how stacked the East is. Do you know how crazy that's going to have to be if Buffalo made it in? That'd be fucking crazy. I'll eat my hat if they make the playoffs. I'll eat my hat. Calgary Flames. Okay, so uh, they predict that the Flames will not only be as good as last year, but better as they will win the President's Trophy, earning 123 points. All right. Well, HockeyWriters.com is super high on the Calgary Flames, and I don't think that's out of the question that they could win the President's Trophy. Uh, I don't think they got all that much worse. They added in Kadri. They added in Huberto. They added in Uyghur. Yes, out is Maddie Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau, but you're adding in three very good players. I think Kadri is going to 
fill that void for Matty Kachuk. He's a very feisty player. No, he's not going to score the amount of points that Matty Kachuk did, but it's definitely a very good replacement is Nazem Kadri. So yeah, I can see the Calgary Flames winning the President's Trophy this year. That I can I can get down with that. I'm down with that. Carolina Hurricanes. Now this one's interesting. They predict that the Carolina Hurricanes will win the Stanley Cup in 2022-2023. That is not 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 the craziest thing because they are a very good team all the way through. They got there. You go. The William and Jennings could go to Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good tandem. They got a good tandem in net as long as they stay healthy. Forward-wise, they're they're very strong. Are that if they can get maybe Aho to get to that next step along with Svechnikov, maybe Svechnikov has that 40, 45 goal breakout season. I mean, he's a very he's already broken out, but gets to that elite elite level. And Aho, he is like borderline elite, but the fact that you know he, he did he was a point of game player, which is great. He's a great great player. I love Sebastian Aho, but. I was expecting Aho last season to take that jump considering scoring has gone up and he kind of stayed the same. I was hoping for like a 90-95 point season, but if he can get up there, yeah, dude. And then Pacioretty coming in um, at the at the trade deadline-ish, he'll be there for at least the playoff run, hopefully. And then they added Brett Burns. So, I mean, they added in that extra offense that they were lacking last season. So, yeah, I could see the Carolina Hurricanes winning the cup this year. They've been in that in that um what do you call it in that in that circle of contenders for the last few years here so yeah they very well could the chicago blackhawks um I, they predict that patrick kane starts the year too good for the team scoring 30 plus points in their first 25 games which leads to him being traded long before the trade deadline to help the team tank and they also predict that patrick kane will get traded too the Florida Panthers. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I think yes. I think Patrick Kane will 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 score all the points in 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 uh, Chicago because who the fuck else is going to score points like him and 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 Jones or something? Like who else is even on that team? Isn't Tyler Johnson over there or some shit? Um, him going to the fucking Florida Panthers? No way. I I I have no idea where he's going to go. It's probably going to be fucking Vegas somehow. They'll get it done. Um. Yes, I believe that he will get traded. Yes, I believe he could have too good of a start. Um, but I don't think he's going to be sitting there winning games for the Chicago Blackhawks. But um, yeah, I think Patrick Kane will definitely get traded. No, I don't think he's going to get traded to the Florida Panthers. I don't know how that would work um, cap-wise. But um, again, how would it work cap-wise for the Leafs unless you just have to do a three-team deal? But mm, Florida Panthers, I don't know about that one. Uh, no. Good prediction, though. I think that's cool. Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon hits 100 points for the first time in his career. Fuck yeah, he's going to do that. As long as he stays healthy, easily going to do that. He should have had numerous 100-point seasons by now, but injuries, COVID, blah, 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 all that shit has fucked him over from 100-point seasons. And what, didn't last year he get like 99 points? Yeah, his, his career high is 99 points. God damn, that's in 2018-19. So yeah, they're predicting he'll also score 120 points in a full 82-game season. Yeah, dude, I'm down with that. I can see that 100% happening. Sounds good to me. Columbus Blue Jackets. Patrick Laine will score 40-plus goals for the first time since his sophomore season when he scored 44 goals in 82 games for the Jets. I hope so. Again, I drafted Patrick Laine in my draft, hoping that... This kind of season is, is ahead for him. Yes, I think Patrick Liney will score 40-plus goals. I think that's safe to say. I agree with you guys. 
and they also they they also predict they, that predict that he will score exactly 45 goals. I say he hits 40. Dallas Stars, um, they're expecting uh, he will have a excellent starting. He will be an excellent starting goalie this year. So, I, I I'm fine with that. That's not exactly the the best prediction, but yeah, I think J, uh, Jake Ottinger is the real deal, and he'll be a very good goaltender for the Dallas Stars going forward. Detroit Red Wings, Philip Zadina will finally have a breakout season under new head coach Derek Lalonde, scoring 20 goals and 45 points. Um, yeah, ever since the Detroit Red Wings drafted Zadina sixth overall in 2018, uh, his expectations have been sky high, and his and his play so far has yet to man has yet managed to live up to them. So yeah, um, sure, dude. Like yeah, I think uh, Detroit is primed to have a, a increase in uh, production this season. So will he hit? I don't know. Twenty goals might be a little bit much, but forty five points. Yeah, I can see him maybe hitting forty five points. I I'm going to say yes to that one for Detroit. Edmonton Oilers. This one's pretty funny. Pooley will score at the same pace as last year, roughly a point every other game. And he will be traded at the deadline for a veteran forward who is expected to put up points more reliably. They also think that he will pop off on his new team, scoring above one point per game for the rest of the season on his new team. So... Yes, I think that is going to happen. I think Pugliarvi will play the same that he's played in Edmonton so far in his career, and then they will trade him, and wherever he goes, he's going to be much better for that team than he is with the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, I believe that is a good prediction. I agree. Florida Panthers. Spencer Knight officially takes over as the team starting, making Sergei Bobrovsky the highest-paid backup goalie of all time for the next four seasons. Um, oh my goodness. So yeah, you'll just swap the one expensive backup goalie for an even more expensive one. So hopefully the Florida Panthers somehow get rid of Sergei Bobrovsky. Maybe that's there's something there with the Chicago Blackhawks. But again, if they would want to trade out Patrick Kane to make themselves even worse, why would you want to bring in Sergei Bobrovsky? That would, that would probably not be very good. But who the fuck knows what, what the hell that trade's going to look like and where Patrick Kane is going to end up. Watch, it's just going to be the most NHL thing. He'll just remain in Chicago, and then he'll just retire there. Boo. Boring. Los Angeles Kings. They predict that they will finish the year second, uh, this year in second place in the Pacific Division behind only the Flames. Um, their success last year was no fluke, and they only got better with the additions of Kevin Fiala. I agree with this. I think uh, people people should not sleep on the LA Kings. They were quite deadly last year, and watch out. If they make the playoffs, they're a very, very dangerous team to deal with in the playoffs. So, yes, I think they are going to uh, be a, a quite solid uh, regular season team as well. Minnesota Wild. Matt Boldy will step up to fill the role left by the departure of Fiala in the trade this summer, scoring 85 points, the exact number that Fiala scored last year. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, Matt Boldy looked very fucking good in the, in the half a season that he played last year. He looked really, really good. 85 points, I think, is a little bit much, but I, I can totally see him hitting like 65 points this year and maybe doing like 25, maybe even 30 goals. I think he's a very, very good player, but the higher up he's going to play in the lineup, the more uh, players are going to focus in on him. So I can't, I don't think he's going to be that good at 85 points, but yes, I think he is going to be, he's going to have a very nice season this year. 
but not 85 points. So no, I don't think, uh, I don't agree with the Minnesota Wild bold prediction right there. What do you guys think? You think Boldy's going to pop off for 85? I think that's a little wacky tobacky, but who knows? Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens will win the second overall pick in the draft lottery, narrowly missing out on Connor Bedard, who goes first. But they won't take Russian phenom Mat- Matvey Mishkov second overall. Um, okay, I don't know wh- why not. Why wouldn't they pick him? I mean, uh, they could very well pick the, um, what is it? Um... Oh, that Jagger kid, that would be cool. Well, they're predicting that they're not going to take Mishkov, so I guess their prediction is that Mishkov will fall down in the draft rankings, and then whoever between, uh, what was his name, Fantilli or Jagger, maybe the Canadians take one of those two players. So, interesting. Uh, I, I would giggle just a little bit if they didn't win the draft lottery, because I don't want them to. Hi, baby, you scared the fuck out of me right there for a hot second. Jesus. Nashville Predators. Roman Yossi led all NHL defensemen in assists and points last season by a significant margin. Tell me about it. Becoming the first defender to eclipse 90 points in a single season since Phil Housley did it in 02-03. Their prediction is that Yossi will not only lead the NHL defenders in assists once again, but he will lead all skaters in assists with 81 Damn, and their justification for this is that they added Ryan McDonough, and that will take off the even more of the defensive pressure for him, so that Yossi can focus even more on the offense. Um, I don't. I think last year was a fucking a little bit of an anomaly for Yossi. Yes, he's an incredible player, but wow, that was a hell of a season. I was I was praying for him to hit 100 points because that would have been so fucking cool. 81 assists. I think you're smoking the wacky tobacco over there, hockey writers. No, I don't think he's going to get that many assists, but I can see him leading defensemen in points, yes. New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes was excellent last year, breaking out with 56 points in an injury-shortened season where he only played 49 games. They predict that he will go for 96 points. Wait, sorry, no. He will score 99 points exactly. And he will throw his stick over the glass in celebration of great over overtime goals at least two times this season. So, yes, I am with you on the New Jersey Devils bold prediction. I think Jack Hughes is going to be a bona fide superstar in this league. He looked like he was going to be last season, but he got hurt. So as long as this guy can stay healthy, I think a 90-plus point season, maybe even 100 points. Yes, I agree with that prediction. Very good. New York Islanders. Fall from grace, their fall from grace continues, and the team underperforms again next year before losing Matt Barzal next offseason. Oh, wow. So they're expecting, uh, they must not like the Islanders over there at the Hockey Writers. They think that they're going to have an underwhelming season, and that is going to lead to the departure of Matthew Barzal. He will not re up with the New York Islanders. My, my. Um, I don't know, dude. That's. Um, I don't know the fact that they already got rid of the the coach uh, to to satisfy Matthew Barzell. I think they will continue to do everything in their power to keep him there. So no, I don't think that the Barzell will leave the island. But I could see them getting off to having another disappointing this season, uh, another disappointing year this season because they didn't add anything in the off season. They didn't do anything. They added Corey Schneider as a depth goalie, and they added Soshnikov, who who's you know, not, not that great either. So yeah, I don't think they're up for a very good season. And on top of that, they don't have trots anymore. So yeah, I think it's going to be a disappointing season for the Islanders. 
New York Rangers with a world world-class goalie in Igor Shosturkin and improved play from young contributors like Alex Lafreniere and Capocacco and Keandre Miller, the Rangers will set a franchise record for points in the season with 115, winning the Metro. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, they will be bounced. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, they think <laughs> they will be bounced in the first round by the upstart Sabres. Okay, you fucking lost me there. Nope, that's not happening. Um, I don't think that the, the Rangers are going to have as good of a season as they did last year. Um, asking for Shosturkin to be as great as he was last year, I don't think he's going to be able to perform that amazingly. He literally saved them. He got them like 11 extra wins last year that they should not have gotten. So if he can do that again, then I think it's safe to say that Shosturkin's the best goalie in the league, but that's a tall fucking order to ask for so no i don't think the rangers will get 115 points but they could win the metro that's not out of the question ottawa senators they believe that the ottawa senators will make the nhl playoffs for the first time since 2017 the team will be led by led in points by new acquisitions alex de who will score 50 goals for the first time in his career interesting okay um you know, the fact, yeah, he put up 40 goals on a abysmal Chicago Blackhawks team. Um, I don't know, 50 goals. Uh, he's pretty fucking good. He's a pretty goddamn good goal scorer, and now he's going to be on a better team. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with it. I have the sense making the playoffs too, and why not? Debrinkat can score nine more goals than he did last two, last year. Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. Let's do it. Philadelphia Flyers. Kata Hot will have a bounce-back season that every Philadelphia Flyers fan has been dreaming of, but it won't be enough as the club will still miss the playoffs in their first season under new coach uh, John Tortorella. Uh, yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm good with that one. I don't think that's that bold of a prediction. I think Carter Hart, Hart already had a bounce-back season last year, so I don't know if you can really bounce back from a bounce-back season, but sure, why not? I'm, I'm, I'll go with it. Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby will score 101 points this year, earning him his seventh 100-point season, tying Peter Stashny and Mike Bossy for the fourth most 100-point season in his career. Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, be only because Crosby tends to never play a full healthy season. So sadly, no, I don't think Crosby will score 101 points. Can he? Absolutely. If he can stay healthy for 82 games, 100 points, sure. Absolutely no problem. Fact of the matter is, Crosby does not stay healthy. So, yeah. I mean, he had 84 points in 69, 69 games last year. But, yeah, 84 points, 69 games, that... that that's a hundred point pace. So yeah, I, I could see him doing it, but no, just because of the injury problems, especially around the pens. I mean, fuck dude, there's so many injuries around the pens every goddamn every year. Like no way. San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks won't be able to replace Brett Burns following his trade to Carolina and will end up in the bottom six of the NHL at the end of, uh, end of the regular season. However, they will win the draft lottery and draft Bedard first overall. My, my, wouldn't you just love that San Jose Sharks fans? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I didn't, I've never hated the San Jose Sharks. They're actually like one of my favorite teams early on because I mean, who didn't like, who doesn't like that Sharks logo? They look so cool. And then I used to play NHL hits all the time and I would always love playing in the Shark Tank. Yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. 
Um, I don't think that's that bold of a, of a prediction. I think it's safe to say that the Sharks are going to suck dick this year. And yeah, I think their chances of drafting Bedard are going to be just as good as anyone in the bottom five. So sure, I can see Bedard going to San Jose. I, I think it would be better if he went somewhere else, but sure. Seattle Kraken. Maddie Benier looked excellent in the NHL at the end of last season, scoring nine points in 10 games. The 2021 second overall pick will, is not only going to lead the team in scoring with 65 points, setting multiple franch- franchise records along the way, but he is also going to win the Calder Trophy as the league's best rookie. Uh, again, I don't think that's that much of a bold prediction. He did look excellent last year. He looks like he's primed to be the top center on the team, so pretty safe to say that he's going. he's more than likely the most talented forward on that team right now and yeah i'd say 65 points is easy and if he gets 65 points i think then he would be probably the front runner for the calders so yes i agree with the seattle kraken uh prediction sounds good to me st louis blues okay this one hurts a little bit if you're a st louis blue fan just skip this one expectations are high for jordan bennington after a great showing in the playoffs last year where he had a 949 save percentage in six games but that will quickly fade as his downward trajectory continues i predict he will end the season with a save percentage just below 900 ouch holy moly i don't think he's going to be that bad but yeah he's definitely not going to be a 949 in the regular season but yeah, I don't think he'll be under a 900, but I agree with the fact that I think his downward trajectory will continue, but I don't think it's going to fall off that badly. And for the sake of the St. Louis Blues, I, I imagine they they hope that doesn't happen either because that would be really fucking bad. Tampa Bay Lightning. Nikita Kucherov is going to score 120 points next season for the Tampa Bay Lightning, his first full season since 1819. Yeah, I have. I um, also predicted um, in my predictions video or uh, my predictions podcast a few weeks ago that Nikita Kucherov will be in the running for the Art Ross Trophy. So yes, I agree with this prediction. As long as he stays healthy, Nikita Kucherov should easily get back to that 120 point range, that ridiculous range that he can get up to. Um, yes, I, I agree with that. Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh Lord, here we go. What do they got to say? The Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Atlantic Division in the regular season and will finally make it through the first round of the playoffs against the Bruins, no less. Oh my god, I like I like what you guys are saying. Um Wow. Um that's, that's a bold bold strategy there, Cotton. Oh man, would I love that more than anything in the world for us to get through the Bruins in the first round. My heart would sink uh, if if I saw that we're playing the Bruins again. But fuck, dude, if they, if they couldn't get it done, then I'm then I'm done. Yes, sure, I agree with that prediction. I think at minimum the Leafs are getting through the first round this year. If they have to get through the Bruins, I don't care who the fuck we get in the first round. We are getting through that goddamn team, and we are getting to the second round. And then after that. Who fucking knows? I'll, I agree. Vancouver Canucks. JT Miller will be traded before the puck drops on the regular season, and youngster Vasily Pod Colson will have a breakout season on the Vancouver Canucks top line in his place. Well, I think this prediction was made before he was signed to his um, extension, JT Miller. So, um, no, I'm going to go with a solid no on um, this prediction. Uh, I think Paul Cozen will be decent, but um, yeah, no, no, just no on that prediction. 
Vegas Golden Knights. Logan Thompson will impress everyone posting at least a 9.15 save percentage and helping the Vegas Golden Knights land a playoff spot after missing the postseason for the first time in the team's short history last year. Um, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely uh, in the cards for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they're going to be very, very hungry this year. Jack Eichel should be hungry. Mark Stone should be hungry. And I think uh, Vegas in general is going to be hungry after that embarrassment last year. I think the fact that they're not going to have Leonard and using Thompson instead might actually be beneficial because I think maybe Robin Leonard draws a little bit too much heat and outside attention to the team that isn't hockey related. Um, not that what Robin Leonard is saying isn't, isn't true or need to be talked about, but maybe at a different time, Robin, I don't know, but, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with this prediction. I think that Logan Thompson is, is capable. He looked pretty good last season, uh, even though he only played about 18 games or so, but I thought he looked pretty good. And with the new coaching, I think the team's going to play really good in front of them. And Vegas has a good defense as well. They got Martinez back fully healthy, Petrangelo, Shea, Shea Theodore. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that they, uh, that's a good prediction for me. Washington Capitals. Okay, just two more, y'all. Washington Capitals. Despite Nicholas Backstrom's hip surgery keeping him out for most if not all of the regular season, Alexander Ovechkin will yet again manage to score 50 goals next season, setting the new record for the most 50-goal seasons in the in an NHL career at 10. Fuck yeah, I want that prediction to go, to to come true. Absolutely, uh, for I just I love Ovechkin. I want him to break Gretzky's record, and on top of that, he would break another re record if he gets another 50-goal season, and he would have officially the most 50-goal seasons in an NHL career, which would be awesome. So. Fuck yeah, I want this one to happen for sure. Winnipeg Jets. Okay, one of Mark Scheifele or Pierre-Luc Dubois will be traded at the deadline after a luck, luck, lackluster start for the Winnipeg Jets. Both players are believed to want out of Winnipeg and each are treading on thin ice, pun intended, with the club's management group. Hmm... Um, I think I think you might as well throw in Blake Wheeler on, into that one as well. If if that guy is tradable, apparently he has a very difficult contract to trade away. He's got a five team move list, so he can pick five only five teams out of the thirty two to get traded to, and he can easily just pick five teams that that don't want him, can't afford him, and all that stuff. So he can easily fuck over the Jets on this one. He seems like a real stubborn mule, honestly. He doesn't sound like he's he doesn't think that there's a problem in Winnipeg all that much. So, yeah. Uh, sadly, even though I am a fan of Winnipeg, I'm a big fan of Kyle Connor and Nicholas Ehlers. Um, yeah, I think the Winnipeg Jets may still have another year of um, turmoil because I think that lock, whatever the fuck is going on in that locker room, which is, I, it just sucks that this is happening to the Winnipeg Jets right now. But um, yeah, I think they're going to be dealing with a lot of fallout of, of bullshit going on. And I think it's just going to be a clean the cupboards out kind of season. They're going to try and get rid of some of these problems. And yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I I hope they get back on track because, dude, you can't be wasting a goaltender like Hellebuck. I, I, you can't have like a 50 goal scorer and Kyle Connor on your team and not make the playoffs. Like, come on. So I would love the Jets to uh, make the playoffs. Um, so I will go with hmm, one of Mar one of Mark Scheifele or Pierre Luc Dubois will be traded. I can see Pierre-Luc Dubois getting traded. Mark Scheifele, if, if I was to keep one of the three, like between Wheeler, Scheifele, and, and, and Dubois, I'd want to keep Scheifele because he seems like the most consistent one. And um, 
but he did say that thing last year when they beat the Leafs. Oh, what's better than beating the Leafs? Ha 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 ha. I don't know, maybe making the playoffs, you fucking moron. But anyway... That is all 32 of the bull predictions uh, for this season. What do you guys think of, uh, what, what, do you have any bold predictions? Do you think, is your bold prediction that the Ottawa Senators get first in the East? That'd be fucking insane. Um, maybe fucking uh, Marc-Andre Fleury posts 15 shutouts and, and wins, wins a Vesna. I think his first Vesna in his career, I don't believe he's ever won a Vesna. So maybe Marc-Andre Fleury wins a Vesna this year playing a full season with the Minnesota Wild that would be really cool. Phil Kessel scoring 35 goals. I would I would I would well, okay, maybe not maybe maybe 20 25. I said 28. I said Phil Kessel's going to score 28 goals and he's going to have about 50 assists. I think Phil Kessel's going to have a fucking phenomenal year in in Vegas. Uh I think just with the fact that he's going to a, a playoff contending team, he's no longer in Arizona and he's going to have people to pass to and possibly pe- better people to pass to him so he can get some more goals. Yeah, uh, that would be a bold prediction for me. Phil Kessel, 70-plus points this year. What do you think? Come at me. Um, But, yeah, that is going to be the podcast for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you're liking and telling all your friends about this podcast. The numbers have been very encouraging lately. Getting followers. We're getting consistent downloads. Our numbers are up over last month consistently. So you guys are doing great. Thank you so much for listening. I I hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, I I, am down for any... um, constructive criticism not just criticism please give make it constructive so then i could do something with the criticism and build on it and be better but yeah if you guys are enjoying it just make sure you're liking downloading tell your friends make sure you go down in that description check out the youtube channel i'm over there playing disco elysium soon but as you know october is right around the corner and i'm looking for a scary video game to play so if you have any suggestions or if any of these games that i'm about to mention interest you let me know i i wouldn't mind doing a let's play of resident evil 2 remake resident evil 3 remake resident evil 1 um any of those three games would be good um there's also the dark anthology series if anyone knows those games i have the three of those uh, i would enjoy to do manamadan would be a good one that's the more scary one of the three so manamadan would be good and yeah, those would be like the three that I'd put up for my October Let's Play. If I don't get any suggestions, then I'll more than likely just go with Resident Evil 1, I think, because, yeah, I've never played through that game before, and I've never actually played through Resident Evil 3 before, so both of those would be completely blind, so that would make them very, very fun and entertaining, for in my opinion. And also, while you're down there in the description, make sure you swing over and check out the Twitter page. I'm looking for you. Yes, you. You can be my second follower. And, um, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, Check out the Twitter page. I I put up, um, what do you call it, Uh, announcements and whatnot and all that good shit. Sometimes you get to know uh, the the GX Gamer game of the week uh, a few days in advance. So you can get all excited for that. You get announcements. Uh, Sometimes you get to see cute videos of my kitties. Sometimes you get to see funny videos of me warming up my voice for for the for streaming and whatnot it's just stupid shit so go over there check it out we can talk about hockey video games wrestling all that good shit over there and while you're at it make sure you go back and check out some of the gx gamer casts last week our, our just the other day we i did live alive really enjoyed that game go check out that um podcast episode and why not check out that metal gear solid 4 episode that i did hey where's my metal gear solid 4 fans at that's uh one of the 
that's the lowest rated uh, gamer cast that I've done so far. So what? Are you y'all just not Metal Gear Solid fans out there? Did you not just like Metal Gear Solid 4? I know that one's not people's favorite, but that one was really, really important to me. So I'd love it if you guys go over there and check out that podcast and, and bump those numbers up for the for the for the Metal Gear Solid. Where's my Metal Gear Solid love, y'all? I'm disappointed in everybody. Where's my Metal Gear Solid fans? Get out there and listen to it. Okay. Sorry about the rant. Hope your uh, Wednesday is going good. I hope this podcast gets you through your hump day. You're almost there, baby. It's almost to the weekend, motherfuckers. And on the weekend, you know what happens on the weekend? You get the wrestling recap and you get the fucking... Well, you just get the wrestling recap on Saturday. But yeah. And you know what else? Uh, um, That's it. That's all I got. I don't have anything else. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I will see you again as soon as physically possible. I can't see you. I can't see you. I'm, I'm behind a microphone, so you can't see me either, John Cena. See ya.